Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy who does not dance. He makes money moves. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. The captain don't dance. He just pulls up his pants and does the rock away. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are still sipping on some sneaky effing vanilla by Arcane Aleworks Micro Brewery. This is a Russian Imperial Stout. It's boozy, bitter. There's some hints of chocolate. You can tell it's barrel aged and don't forget the vanilla. This is a solid four and a quarter bottle caps out of five. And Captain, I want to make sure we do a big garage cheers and a big Ron Swanson please and thank you goes out to new friend of the show, Stuart Schwager from beautiful Saginaw, Michigan, but now in Indiana. So again, a big thank you to Little Stu. And a big shout to Carmen in Marshalltown, Iowa. Here's a cheers to Lydia in Mankato, Minnesota. Obviously, the clear winner of visitors to CrimeCon were probably from Texas, but a lot of people from Minnesota this year. But a big We Like Your Jib goes out to Kelly from Parts Unknown. Next up, a double-fisted cheers to Quinn and Annalise in Richmond, Virginia. And last but certainly not least, we have Cassie from Oregon donating beer money for the garage fridge. If you would like to help out the garage, it's easy. Go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. Yeah, B-W-E-R-R-U-N, beer run. Again, if you're not on the mailing list, you need to get on the mailing list so you can get your promo codes sent out to you so you can get discounts in the store page. And that is enough. 
of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. It's been nearly eight years since Chelsea Small, a hardworking mother of two, was murdered in Taylor, Michigan. Chelsea Small picked up a shift and was working alone on November 12, 2013 at the Advance America check cashing place on Telegraph Road. Around lunchtime, a man with a gun walked in and shot Small twice, killing her, officials said. He took a small amount of cash from the scene, according to the authorities. And this man, the shooter, has never been identified. Chelsea Small's murder was brutal and unprovoked, but her family and the Taylor Police Department have not given up hope, and we are hoping we can help in some kind of way to prevent the case from going cold. All of the evidence in the case was gathered the day Small was shot. The bullets used were put into a national database to track them. No matches were found. If robbery was the motive, investigators question why Chelsea Small was shot first when she had access to much more money. Nothing in her background would indicate that the shooting was personal, according to police. And according to Detective Stellini, Taylor PD, the ex-boyfriend was looked at. People closest to the victim were looked at. According to at least one news article, it was determined that the ex was not involved. There is a hefty reward in this case, $52,500. $50,000 of that comes by way of the Advance America Company, and $2,500 comes from the Michigan Crime Stoppers. And if you watch the surveillance video footage and recognize anything or think of anything or should you have any kind of information at all, we are directing everyone to Michigan Crime Stoppers, and you can submit those tips by calling 1-800-SPEAK-UP, that's 1-800-773-2587, or go online to 1-800-SPEAK-UP.org to submit a tip. Now, this case has been covered very well, especially in the Michigan area, the Taylor, Michigan area. All of the major news outlets ran portions of the security footage on the day after Chelsea Small was killed. Shortly afterwards, billboards went up where they had a picture of Chelsea Small on one side and a picture that was taken from the surveillance footage on the other of the killer, asking people to call in with tips. Can you identify this man? Do you know anything? In 2017, True Crime Daily or Crime Watch Daily covered Chelsea Small's case. And in 2018, the Already Gone podcast did a fantastic job covering the case as well. But it was in that 2017 year here, Captain, where we learn some new information. Police starting to run out of leads and running out of tips decided it was time to release some new information to the public. And this was a rather big piece of information. In 2017, the Taylor, Michigan Police Department announced that a silencer was used in the commission of these crimes. The killer's gun had a silencer on it when he walked into the Advance America building that day. Which, when you look at the still pictures, maybe you wouldn't notice it from the video, but when you look at the still pictures, the barrel of the gun looks thinner and longer. So it looks 
like a typical gun with a silencer on it. Well, and there's all kinds of different versions of that surveillance footage that has been released throughout the years. In 2013, 14, 15, and 16, it was a much shorter version where they had cut out the information so you wouldn't see the gun with mm-hmm. the silencer on it because when they posted this new information, then it made its way around the internet. There were people that commented and said, uh, who's investigating this case? I could see a silencer right away. Well, yeah, you're seeing the the footage that was released after they said there was a silencer used. Right. So this was something that the police were holding on to in hopes that it could help be the break in their case that they needed to identify Chelsea Small's shooter. Now, up until a couple of months ago, I just thought silencers were illegal. I only know them from movies and TV. You know, I picture B.A. Baracus or Steven Seagal building their own weapons. But a silencer, as they are most commonly called, or a suppressor, as others prefer to say, what is the correct terminology? Is there a difference? Well, according to silencershop.com, the short answer is there is no difference. A silencer and suppressor mean the same thing technically. I prefer suppressor. As silencer gives off the wrong impression, it's not silent. You know, there still is a noise. The definition of a silencer is silencer, also known as sound suppressor, suppressor, or sound moderator, is a muzzle device that reduces the acoustic intensity of the muzzle report or sound of a gunshot and the recoil when a gun is discharged by modulating the speed and pressure of the propellant gas from the muzzle and hence suppressing the muzzle blast. This is incredibly unique. It's an incredibly unique aspect to this case for several reasons. First, according to Taylor police detectives, they say they only have about three, four, maybe five homicides a year. And it's very rare that they go unsolved. Most homicides, somebody gets mad at somebody for something. They attack them. They kill them or fight escalates. Somebody is brutally injured and dies. Right. Easily solved. So homicides rare in Taylor, Michigan one, much more rare that they go unsolved. Second robberies are fairly rare, especially when a gun is used and very, very rare when shots are even fired in Taylor, Michigan. And here's the big thing too. They could not, they being the detectives in Taylor, Michigan could not find a single case where a silencer or suppressor was used in any crime. In fact, they reached out to surrounding police departments They couldn't find any crime where a silencer was known to have been used. So extremely rare. And then you go, well, maybe this helps us find the killer. So I went and I spoke with some. Well, I have a question real quick. Yeah. Because does the suppressor or silencer, does it alter the bullet in any way? Because let's say you had a family that was murdered all by gunshots but you didn't have any surveillance footage, you wouldn't know if that gun had a suppressor on it or not, unless it affects the way the bullet comes out or the impression that's left on the bullet. 
Well, yeah, that's correct. When 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 something's unknown, it is unknown. So they're simply saying in cases where they know what happened, they know what went down, they have evidence as to how it went down, weapons used, things of that nature. There's no record of a suppressor being used in any other crime in, that they could find in Taylor, Michigan. Kind of makes you wonder, like, was this just a hit job? Because now I could shoot her in, in, in broad daylight, and as long as people just don't hear it, I can get in and out really quickly. Right. So the, the suppressor is certainly going to make it less likely that people would hear a loud gunshot. But again, it doesn't silence the action. Right. But what I'm, but what I'd like to know is like if somebody shot somebody in a car and the windows were up, would I know it was a gunshot? If I was next door, if I was in one of the stores next door to this murder, would I even have heard any loud noise or ruckus? Would I, would I known it was a gunshot at all? It's difficult to say. I mean, every eyewitness is a different situation and one's general knowledge of things and experiences in their life all determine that. So, I mean, we have had situations where people were firing guns without suppressors and people didn't hear gunshots. Right. And so I cannot say what the, you know, we did say two of the other businesses were occupied. So you were hoping that somebody would see or hear something, but from everything I'm being told, there's, there is no one that saw or heard anything in, in this case. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, if a tree falls in the, in the middle of the woods kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. But so I, I went to some gun experts because yeah, I, I, I have a couple of guns. I do not know much about them at all. Uh, so again, I thought silencers were illegal. I wanted to find out more than just what the internet could tell me. So I want to give a shout out to uh, my guys over at Don's Loans on Africa Road. They are gun experts. If you're looking to buy or sell, those are your dudes. What they told me, Captain, was that only certain, and this makes sense why somebody like me would think that they may be illegal, because they're not sold in every gun store. In fact, the gun store I went to didn't have any. Mm -hmm. You have to hold a certain kind of license to be able to sell an item like a suppressor. Now, let's take this a step further. If you want to purchase one, you have to hold a certain kind of license to purchase one. So what is that? You have to get a suppressor tax stamp. And I'll go through this because, again, this is to, to really illustrate how rare it would be that somebody would have one of these in their possession mm -hmm. and then, then use it in a homicide. So a suppressor tax stamp is a $200 federal tax that was introduced in 1934 for the purchase of NFA firearms. When it was first implemented, $200, you know, 1934 was an astronomical fee. So what that means is they made the fee so high that back then nobody would really be able to pay this or want to pay this to own an item like this. Yeah, but, but that's not how all criminals work. They don't go, well, let me go pay for this suppressor fee. They find another way to get a suppressor. Well, yes, thank you. Um, that, that is absolutely true. 
But again, trying to illustrate how rare these items right. would be. So now today, 200 bucks is not a lot of money. Back in 1934, for an example, the average net income was $3,125. So 200 bucks would be about 6.5% of one's annual income. Mm-hmm. So a big amount of money back then. 200 bucks now, you know, people, that's a steak dinner and a night out on the town. People can part with that. Where you come into an issue is if I were to walk into a gun store today that has the license to sell such an item, I walk up and I, I purchase the item. I pay for the suppressor that day. And then I'm handed forms to fill out. I fill out these forms and this is me applying for that tax stamp. This tax stamp is for the ATF. This goes to the feds, right? And the thing about this is I have to be approved. So you can become Steven Seagal. And our government doesn't do anything fast, so that approval process is approximately six to nine months. That's your cooling off period, if you will. So it's a long time from wanting to buy it, paying for the suppressor, applying, getting approved, and then actually receiving the item, being able to own the item. The stamp itself where it becomes even more significant is it's a federal document. It's a federal stamp. So meaning at any time, like you and I here, captain, let's say you own a suppressor. I have three and you sell it to me on the street. Never sell you anything. Well, at any time for the rest of your life, the ATF could knock on your door and say, Mr. Captain, we want to see your suppressor. Physically show it to us. We see that you have a tax stamp. I'd say come on in. Have some cake. It's Sarah Lee. So that is where it becomes an issue of, you know, how did this guy get this thing? Did he obtain it legally? If he did, he's probably on a fairly short list. Yeah. If he obtained it illegally, where did he get it from? If he bought it from somebody, then there's somebody that, that sold it to him illegally. Steven Seagal. Um, and that's where a lot of things come into question. Now, we're going to take this a step further because one possible lead in this case, when it comes to the suppressor angle of it, is from this. This is from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the ATF for short. They left out the E for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. They are offering $2,500. This is a reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of a man responsible for the burglary and theft of several firearms and firearm silencers from a Jackson gun store. The article goes on to say that on May 8th, this is 2013, sometime around 4.30 p.m., a man went to a showbox, showbox, I hope I'm saying that right. Nope. S-C-H-U-P-B-A-C-H, sporting goods store on Pearl Street and hid inside of a closet. After the business closed around 8 p.m., the man stole multiple firearms and firearm suppressors from the store. The thief is believed to be a white male with a stocky build, brown-colored collar-length hair that covers his ears. He was wearing a long, dark-colored shirt, 
dark colored cargo pants, a dark colored watch on his left wrist, and light colored shoes or boots. And how much time was this before the murder took place? So this captain would be six months and a couple days before Chelsea Small was shot and killed. Because if you see a picture of this individual, he looks a lot like the individual in the surveillance footage. What is it called? Advanced. Advanced America. Yeah, Advanced America surveillance footage. The problem that a lot of people have with this guy being a suspect is he looks like he's considerably heavier six months beforehand. But it doesn't mean the guy didn't lose some weight in the meantime. Could have lost weight. Again, the other thing, too, though, in both cases, we, I think, would be remiss to think that even though it's not obvious that he's wearing any type of disguise, he could be wearing some type of disguise. Right. You know, I've often wondered in Chelsea's case, the hat. Is the hat simply made to make sure that the wig doesn't fall off? Because mm-hmm. that hair is, is pretty big, right? Like, it, it almost looks a little fake. And I'm not saying that it is. This is all speculation on my end. But Yeah, but if you said to me that you know for a fact that that's fake hair, just the eye test, I'd go, oh, okay, I, I buy that. That makes sense. Well, here's the really weird things that that I'm going to take it a step further in comparing the two crimes. And again, we can't we're not saying that they're absolutely connected. I find it very bizarre that there is someone that steals suppressors and there's a suppressor used. Both seem to be extremely rare crimes. Yeah. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. They take place about six months apart from one another and in the correct order. The suppressors are stolen before the victim is shot. Right, right. And And the guy if you want to drive like the same, door, go ahead. The guy looks like the same type of character. Yeah. I no. mean you, you're you're not looking at both of the this camera footage and immediately going, Nope, not the same guy. Yeah, if I was looking for a a fat fuck murderer to play in a movie, this you know, either one of these guys could fit the role. It could play both roles, maybe. Yeah. And so the other thing, too, Captain, if you want to drive doorstep to doorstep from this uh, show box, show box, I, I'm <laughs> never going to pronounce that correctly. Shop box. Shop box. People in yep. Michigan are yelling at yeah. me right now. Shop box. I love you, Michigan. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you were to drive from the sporting goods store to the Advance America, Again, six months apart, but doorstep to doorstep, it's like an hour and five-minute drive. Yeah, so it puts this individual in the same vicinity. Yeah, so let's take this a step further, too. The the things that I'm thinking about, one, with Advance America, the day of Tuesday, the, the shortest hours of operation, four hours. They're only open for four hours on that day. She's by herself. If he, in fact, planned this out and his plan, his target was the victim and not necessarily the money or let's say it was a random killing that you're targeting a victim. You just don't really care who it is. Mm -hmm. He picked a good day because it's short hours, less people to encounter in the parking lot inside, less staff to encounter inside. He doesn't seem to make a move for the safe as the investigators point out, she had access to more money if that's what he was looking for. Again, yeah, maybe yeah. he maybe he got tipped off that she hit the alarm and, and that was the result. But 
it looks to me like he's producing the gun and ready to shoot very quickly in once he walks into the building. Yeah, but we've all seen point break before. Once you realize you can't go for the safe. You know? That's that's one of the biggest mistakes. But first degree murder is a is a hefty charge for $200 if that's your end goal. And Yeah, but 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 we don't know if the end goal was $200, right? The end goal would have been to obviously get more money, but but I, you know going into it you're not going for the safe is what you just pointed out. Right, no, but what I'm what I, what I'm saying is if this individual came up with a plan, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I know that there's only one worker at this spot. I know they're only open up for a few hours. I'm going to go in. Maybe he had a, 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 a ruse. I'm going to say this depending on what she does. Or if I see her go for that button, I'm going to shoot her dead. And then I'm going to go to this area and gather up all the money I can. And it was a perfect plan other than, other than the fact that when he got out of the place, he went, I got about 250 bucks. Of course, certainly a possibility. I'm wondering, though, how methodical this individual is. I'm convinced he's wearing gloves. I'm convinced yes. that the outfit that he is wearing was purposeful, mm-hmm. that it was put together by him. I believe he was working alone. I believe he chose that day. I don't know if he was targeting Chelsea Small specifically. Because how would he know? How would he know that she was covering for somebody else? Exactly. I also think that it's likelihood that he may have parked somewhere. If he was working alone, that would have had to have been the case. Now, again, Advance America and the other businesses are bookended by additional parking. He could have simply parked further from the door Mm -hmm. uh, in one of those parking spaces. But then let's go look at the sporting goods theft. Okay? This is very interesting to me. The store... We know what time he entered the store, approximately at 4.30 p.m. And then he manages to hide in a closet. I don't know if this was like a dressing room or or utility closet or, or what. They don't specify. But he hid in a closet, and he doesn't come out and steal the stuff until 8 p.m. Now, why do I think that that shows some significance, okay? This shows planning to me. Again, the store closed at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. He knew that. He walked in at 4.30. He knows it's not going to be long before they close up for the day. And at some point, these people are going to leave. A dumb criminal would have been impulsive and would have come out from that closet. Could be while there were still staff members in the store. Yes. He waited a long time. The dude seemed to be very patient. Now, I... I can't say for certain, Captain, we can't obviously. Maybe he's in there and it's very obvious he can hear people talking or noises and he knows that there are people still actively in the store. Yeah, but well, I think he... We've all worked in these types of businesses and usually it's a it's a staggering process of, of the employees leaving, right? When a store closes, there's usually a good amount of people that shuffle out fairly quickly. Well, I think he had a couple of jelly donuts and passed out by accident, you know, just got, got a little tired, got a little carb heavy and had to take a nap. And then you may only have hmm. one single person locking up for the night at some point that, that some in some cases has to stay there an additional hour or hours after the other people has le- have left. So 
let's take this a step further too with the the theft of no, these. No, but I want to I want to stay on your point for a second because I think it's a really good one. We don't know exactly why he would have waited that long, but there just, ha- there right. Pr- it could be just to play it safe. Well, one to play it safe. Maybe somebody was picking him up at eight o'clock. Maybe whatever transportation that he had, or maybe he thought that. Uh, maybe he knew something about the police department. Is there a changeover around that time? So it'd be harder for them to get to him quickly once the alarm went off. That's very interesting. There could be a multitude of different reasons why he chose, but the fact that he was disciplined enough, and and that's and that's what I'm wondering if he's just simply going, "Hey, I'm going to rob this store, and this is this is my plan, and I'm going to stick to my plan." Well, I only got 250 bucks, and maybe that's why he hasn't done it since. The risk was not worth the reward. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless. 
with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. That's mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash T-C-G. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need to pack a lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And we're back. We see the people in the back raising the glasses. Hi, cheers. Hi to the people in the back. Hi to the people in the back. All right, Captain, to your point, you bring up an interesting thought there. Again, in the gun theft case at the sporting goods store, we don't have anybody saying they see this guy get into a vehicle. We don't have surveillance footage of him getting into a vehicle. No vehicle description at all. And then let's go through the description of the perpetrator in the gun theft as well. One more time. He has collar length hair that covers his ears, stocky build, believed to be a white male. He's wearing a long, dark-colored shirt, dark-colored cargo pants, a dark-colored watch on his left wrist, and a light-colored shoes or boots. Okay, we had light-colored shoes and boots in the Advance America shooting. Right. The other thing, too, in this description, there's no identifiers. Again, it's all kind of plain Jane 
non-identifiable clothing, solid colors, very nothing to indicate where this guy might be from, anything that he's interested in, things of that nature. I mean, if I had a bed, same dude. Well, if anybody has information in that case, that one you should not contact Crime Stoppers or the Taylor, Michigan Police Department because they may not be connected. The ATF, the feds are investigating this thing, and you can call them at 1-800-ATF-GUNS to report anything that you think you may be seeing in the, the footage or the pictures of the person that stole that. The thing that I do want to point out, whether these crimes are connected or not, both of these individuals are very, very dangerous people, right? The public is not safe with either of these people out running around. Yeah. One clearly showed how dangerous he is. He just walks into a business and guns somebody down. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it could have been a random person. If me and you sat down and based on every movie we've seen, right? And we came up with this, well, look, you know, we work right by this check cashing place and they only have one employee on Tuesdays. So me and you, we're going to go in there together. Well, what if she recognizes us? Okay, well, if you sit down, right, that's what I'm saying. If you sit down and try to create a plan, you go, okay, well, let's just get this out of the way. I just shoot her. If I shoot her and kill her, then we don't have to worry about any eyewitness. And when you say, oh, well, the best eyewitness he didn't get rid of, the camera. (laughs) Really? They're taking better pictures on Mars. You know what I mean? How many times have we seen? But again, no, it is the best. It's the better of the two eyewitnesses if she doesn't know him. Because this is something you can show to 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 other people. Well, look, I I believe if it's the same individual, and if I had a bet, I would bet that the guy that robbed the gun store and the guy that, that committed this murder and robbery are the same person. He was in that gun store multiple times beforehand. I believe he was in this check cashing place multiple times before that. So, yes, would she uh, recognize him? Maybe. And, and maybe, I think the gun with the silencer on it, it it was already set in his mind. Leave no eyewitness, and maybe that's why he picked a shorter work day where there was only one employee, so he he wouldn't have to. You know, maybe he was looking around to make sure there was only one employee, but it almost seems like he knew. The short day, one employee, gloves on the hands, silencer on the gun tells me we're dealing with someone who is very careful. Very planned out, very methodical, very careful. The individual that sits and remains inside this closet for three and a half hours manages to hide inside the closet without being seen going in there mm-hmm. and then waits three and a half hours before coming out and stealing these items. Well, that's because he watched, yeah, he watched Home Alone too. Very, right? very thought out and careful. So let's, I want to go into some of the details of this theft though. This is according to WILX News, because other than the description of the man by the ATF, we don't get a lot of information there. But in this article, there is more information. It says the individual came out of hiding and stole two firearms and 15 firearm silencers or suppressors. Donald Dawkins at the Detroit ATF field office told WWJ News Radio 950s, This is a rare case because the thief seen 
took a few handguns but passed up several high-powered automatic weapons to grab several silencers. Quote, but he had the opportunity to take many more, meaning guns, and he did not, Dawkins said. We believe he had been in the store before and he knew exactly what he wanted to take. Those mufflers, those depressors were his main target. And Dawkins goes on to ask the question, why would someone go by, pass up the firearms to go for the suppressors? Well, like you said, it's you, you have a waiting list. You have a waiting list. You have a fee. And your name tied to that item forever. And your name tied to that forever. So, so one, if you want to commit another crime using one, this is a great way to get one. But it's also probably a, a great item in the black market. An item that has demand in the black market, that's for sure. And, yes, they're also a smaller item than a gun. So a lot easier to carry. And, again, we don't know this. This guy could be riding a bicycle for all we know. Well, and I think it goes without saying, but we're going to say it anyway because we should. We're, we're asking the public for their help. We're asking, we're telling them, hey, we're going to sh- tell you and show you what we know. Now can you tell us anything in return? And one thing that the police, all the departments involved, because you have Taylor Police Department in Chelsea Small's case. You have Jackson Police Department in this gun theft and plus the ATF working the gun theft and suppressor theft as well. But all of the agencies are saying the same thing about these individuals, Mm -hmm. whether it's the same guy or not the same guy, they're saying the same thing. The person that did either of these crimes or did both of these crimes is obviously very experienced with guns. They would have a great knowledge of firearms. Yeah, probably military background could be military background police background they even said you they would be concerned about people that work at gun ranges frequent gun ranges they're hoping that by getting out this information that somebody can go oh i well i know a guy like that or i know a guy that owns similar items or i've seen him using or talking about these items and to take it a step further you know we put it in the atf case in the theft where they say we're pretty certain this guy knew what he was looking for, knew exactly what he wanted to steal, what he wanted to leave the store with that day. Mm -hmm. And then in Chelsea's case, remember we have two shots fired and one shot that malfunctioned. It either jammed or malfunctioned for some reason. Now, the officers have said a few things about that that I find to be very interesting. One, there is more surveillance footage. We're seeing a shortened version of that. But what they have told me is that they are not certain why the gun malfunctioned and he had to drop that live round. But that's something that you actually, that's an action you have to do, right? As the the operator of that firearm, you have to recognize that it jammed or malfunctioned. You have to clear that round and then load the new one. And what they're saying is that this individual did it like it was a natural thing, second nature to him without thinking where somebody like me, goodness, it would, it would jam me up for a couple minutes. He, he, they say he very quickly corrected the problem and then fired the second shot. And to them, look, they didn't say this to me, but this guy appears to me to have a better working knowledge and understanding and expertise of using that particular firearm 
than what most police officers have with the firearm that they carry. But also, n- notice this in the pictures, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but everybody's seen the video and stuff of like bridge guy and stuff. You see some kind of details on the individual's face. There's none here. I wonder if he has something underneath his jacket that either once he got into the building or before he got into the building, well, I don't, I, I take that back. I don't think he would have put it on before he got into the building, but it's almost like he pulled something up above his face, maybe around his nose area, pulled it all the way up because there is not a single picture. And I'm looking at about 20 different pictures where I can even see like ear holes or an outline of his nose or anything. He just looks like he has a blob for a face. Old Captain Blob face. It's like on uh, Dick Tracy, the blank. Yeah. It's like you can see you can see the whole body and everything, but the, the face is almost blank. That's in the Chelsea Small case, in the Advance America case. In the, the firearms thefts at the, at the sporting goods store, I can make out some features on that guy's face. Right. And I think it helps that he's not wearing a hat in that situation. But again, it's very hard for me to sit here and not believe that these are connected in some way. It seems too too rare of a crime in both cases and too close in proximity both you know time and space wise that i i don't know i have a hard time sitting here and going that there this is not connected in some way some form some fashion yeah i mean the silencer is the red flag one bit of new information that we can state here today that we did receive from the taylor police department in regards of the chelsea small case the caliber of gun that was used in that shooting and that homicide was a 45 caliber so we're looking for someone that owns or owned in 2013 a 45 caliber handgun with a silencer a suppressor now, mind you, these are these are threaded items, right? You have to kind of thread them together. And one thing that the detective did tell me was, and and this is where it gets a little tricky for me here, Captain, because I'm I'm not an expert on either of these items, the fire, the handgun, or the suppressor. Well, fake it till you make it. But from what I've been told is that they can be made to to specifically fit a certain firearm, mm-hmm. or he may have used one that didn't specifically fit his handgun and that may have been cause for the malfunction. They're right. not certain, you know, until they have both items in their possession, they can't say for certain, but that's one thing to consider. Well, and just like you said, the guy stole what 15 of them or some crazy amount, 15 suppressors and only two handguns, according to that one article that I found. And that was really the only article that went into description of the item stolen. Well, let's just think about this. If he, if he, let's he, he targeted the two handguns, he gets those, he wants a suppressor, but he knows that they're made for different makes and model. They're pretty small. Let me just grab 10, 15 of them. And one's bound to fit one of my guns yeah that's a good call that's a good call the thing here is and i'm not saying that it's related i i really though believe unless 
makes look they these guys look similar they could play the same character in a movie oh no the, i was going way. to try to i was going to bring up another case entirely oh okay and i again i'm not saying that they're connected but the just the similarities between them are striking to me it, it's the i-70 killer that we talked about months ago everything looks very similar in the sense that there was nothing to indicate that the i-70 killer knew the individuals that he was attacking yet he managed to in more than one occasion walk into a business during their slow hours on a slow day when the business was only being manned by one person make the attack make the killing only take something small insignificant and then hit the road and in all of those cases we don't have a vehicle that's ever spotted we have a, a vague description of the shooter of the killer and clothing nondescript these were all businesses that backed up to neighborhoods now i know that it's fairly common that businesses back up to neighborhoods so that's not such a big deal but that is what we have in the chelsea small case as well i'm not saying that they're connected i'm just saying that i see a lot of similarities between the two there was a, a unique firearm that was used in the i-70 killings that was not used in chelsea small's case but at some point, the I-70 killer switched handguns. Yeah, but this is a big claim. It was always profiled by the FBI that they believed that the I-70 killer lived in or around the Indianapolis, Indiana area, not terribly far from Michigan. So you look at these cases, and of course, that's where my brain jumps to is previous cases that we've covered or cases that I've, I've read about or, or learned about in the past. And when they are unsolved, you look for similarities to solved cases and unsolved cases to try to help you gather more information and give you some leads in this currently unsolved case. I share the same opinion as Chelsea Small's family. They seem to believe that the case needs to get more widespread, more in front of more people, and more people seeing that that footage. They think that the, the right eyes have just not seen the surveillance footage, and therefore we don't have that tip that has led to the apprehension of this individual. What I can say is with how quickly this dude moved and how it seems to me that if, especially if he did not know Chelsea, if he just went in there to kill whomever was working that day, mm-hmm that he picked it based off of more of location and thinking that he would find an individual by themselves. This person strikes me as someone that who was probably killed before this crime and would very likely kill again. And again, I cannot go into too much to convince everyone how dangerous I believe this type of individual is. And so I'm hoping that somebody that the right set of eyes will see this and recognize something. I have also had the, you know, I asked the, the detectives bear with me because when we're working with so little here in this case, the guy's only in the store for 70 seconds. He doesn't leave any clues other than the, the shell casings and the, the live round mm-hmm. and the surveillance footage and as you say somehow this magic this guy magically appears appears to be blank in the face captain Blobface. i said could you bear with me and speculate a little bit and i already told you they believe the probability of solving this case is very high 
one, they point out that it's only been eight years. It's not been 30 or 40, but they point out, and I'm not going to go into too much detail with this because I don't, I want them to still be holding some cards at the end of the day. There's multiple avenues, multiple ways that the information could lead them to their killer. So that's very positive. But the other thing too, I said, do you, what does your gut tell you? Is this guy local or is he not local? And they said, look, you go in one direction, you're on the freeway in a minute or two. You go in the other direction, you're on a different freeway in two and a half to three minutes. This guy could have popped on and popped off a telegraph road very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they also believe they're like, look, we put up billboards. We've released the footage to the news outlets. We released it again years later showing the silencer. They share the same speculation as the family that the guy is more likely not to be local because he's gone undetected. The public has not been able to produce this guy. One sad, sad turn of events, and this is a bizarre thing that seems to be not connected to the murder itself, but should be reported here, Captain, is in November of 2020, last year, Chelsea Small's gravesite in Gibraltar, Michigan, was vandalized. And this is kind of a weird sentence to, to say, but her gravesite was beautiful. Yeah, they decorated it very nice. But it wasn't so much that it was vandalized, right? It was, it was more that there was decorations that were stolen. Yes, and, there and were decorations to, that were stolen. And to me... The headlines are always vandalized. I, I've not seen the before and after pictures, but... I imagine you're probably looking at pictures of her gravesite right there. The family throughout the years have put like little statues. Yeah. And in, and that's what was stolen. And yeah. so to me, I go, it could be the same guy. It could you be. Know, just and that, messing with people. Well, and that would, that would show something similar to Superbike, where this guy had just such mad revenge against these people that just... Mm-hmm you know, boiling up so much that he had to go in there and gun people down. But it sounds to me that they are pretty certain they know who stole those items. And it doesn't sound like there's a a connection between the person they believe stole those items and who they think, uh, killed or, or maybe here's where my mind goes. And I'm not, I, this is not information that I know for certain. Either way, this person's a cock sniffer. This is just a guess. Usually theft and vandalism are teenager type crimes. And we can look at the surveillance footage of advance America and know that we're not seeing a teenager in in that case. So, um, that's where my mind goes. And I did see on record where they said they, they're pretty much believe they know who saw, who committed that. And they were, the hopes were that they could get the items returned. Yeah. Now when it comes to these two crimes, I think our gut feeling is these guys, if I had to bet would be the same individual. When you're looking at the surveillance footage, make sure you look at the logo or the white spot on the hat and also there's a white spot on his belt. And and if anybody can make out what those items are. Yes. And hopefully people will look at pictures of both of those uh, crimes and, and determine for themselves if they think they're seeing the same person and take it a step further, show other people as well. So we can finally get justice for 
Chelsea Small, her family, her two kids. And again, there is a reward for information in both cases. If you have any idea of who committed the gun theft in Jackson, Michigan, you should contact the ATF. If you have any information in Chelsea's case, if you have any idea who her killer is or recognize any of his clothing or the gun itself or know someone that owns a 45 with a, a silencer or suppressor or someone that has bragged that they obtained either item illegally, uh, there's a $52,500 reward in Chelsea's case. And information can be sent to 1-800-SPEAKUP.ORG or by calling 1-800-SPEAKUP. want to thank all you crazy, filthy animals for joining us here in the garage. Check out our bonus show called Off the Record. And if, hey, you want to check it out for free, I've been putting up little preview clips of every week. So if you go to our website, truecrimegarage.com, you can see a preview of this week's episode where we break down what happened and all the happenings at CrimeCon 2021. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading? We do, but I do want to point out if you sign up through our website, I believe you get a whole month of free listening. Try it out for a month and see if you love it. I think you will. Recommended reading this week, Captain. We are recommending The Cadaver King and the Country Dentist, a true story of injustice in the American South by Radley Balco and Tucker Carrington. This is about the murder of two young girls in Mississippi and the two innocent men convicted of their crimes. They both spent a combined 30 years in prison before being exonerated in 2008. This book tells the story of how the justice system let this happen. Dr. Stephen Hayne and Dr. Michael West built careers on the backs of that justice structure. Together, they helped to put countless Mississippians in prison but then some of those convictions started to fall apart. Check out The Cadaver King and the Country Dentist, A True Story of Injustice in the American South. And check out our recommended page at truecrimegarage.com. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader